0: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, yeah, I've been trying to wrap my head around this for a while, so I wanted to record it even if we are not able to use it publicly. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I feel like I said something that I've been trying to say for a while and think clearly about, and it looked like it may have resonated with you or at least provoked some thoughts. So if you had the time, I just wanted to explore. What you heard and what you felt,
1: yeah, I'm just doing some stuff around the office that doesn't require uh full attention, so that's yeah if you don't mind me doing stuff in the background, hey, you sure. dog. Yeah. yep, as usual, out right. of the late yeah. starts this morning, but
0: uh uh-huh. as you to make it out the door,
1: yeah, so geez, without even looking at the text, I think I recalled my uh, um Focus on keeping my well. You you had talked. You had asked whether a uh, particular uh, draft caused me to feel more connected. I think to uh, Jackie, and I uh, took that as. Uh, I mean, I I didn't really think carefully about what you wrote.
0: Mm-hmm
1: triggered the, um, the experience this past year of disconnecting myself from trying to keep others around me happy and keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus and trying to please him, regardless of how others respond. Um, but then in your follow-up, you talked about uh, emotional attachment, I think was the phrase. and uh, the thing to pursue. Does this attach me emotionally more to them uh, as the a practical expression of loving our neighbor as we love ourselves? That uh, is in that uh, pair, uh, uh, the greatest commandment and the others like it. So um, that's uh, uh, that's what I'm. Thinking you're referring to and uh, should we carry forward from there? Okay. Yeah.
0: So, did you feel anything as you processed those
1: words? Uh, Not really at a feeling level. Um, I've got some deadlines this morning and I uh, haven't given, I mean, I did, I was out walking and praying and listening to, other stuff, including that verse that I sent you that uh whoever um let's see uh, I think it was if we pursue our life in this world, we'll lose it uh something along those lines and uh the the what if we lose
0: our life, we will find it right
1: right that's the second part I didn't quote yeah. that, but that is part of that um and the the intricacies of uh, uh, loving Jesus more than our family, yet loving our Mm -hmm. family fully, and how those two, without the family, becoming more important um, uh, than Jesus, and that's the dynamic I'm kind of working through, but I've kind of, I mean, I, I observed that. I need to think about this further and then part two. so that's as far as i got this morning and i don't uh i don't i'm not experiencing feelings that i'm conscious of in relation mm-hmm. to this uh except maybe a, a feeling of a failure to uh to do well in this area but
0: yeah right uh so uh you know the uh i guess the goal then is to have you feel a sense of joy uh at your ability to recognize where you are failing. Because that is what opens the door for grace and healing and restoration.
1: Yeah. Uh connected to that joy reference, I've been listening to John sixteen to twenty this past week and uh, uh each morning and one of the things he the four says, chapters. Five chapters, sixteen to twenty. Uh, um so that uh, he starts off early in that with, uh, prior to this, you've not asked anything in my name, asking over mm. that your joy may be full. And yes. that idea that he does want me to be full of joy and not just enduring, you know, <laughs> things not being all they should be uh, uh, that, that enduring or uh, that experience of the joy is part of the kingdom. Uh, so that's also yes. part of- that's why,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I think that's actually an, an interesting place to start. Okay. is what does it mean to do things in the name of Jesus? Uh huh. Uh, because I think I you know, talked about this once is that a lot of what we think of as Christianity is done in the name of Moses. Okay. That God has told us these truths, and we must live them out. And if we live them out, we shall live. If we do them, we will live. Right. Right, and focus on technique, the focus on morality, uh, like all these things. They're not bad, but they are in the name of Moses. And, you know, this is one of the issues I was dealing with in some of my prayer meetings is where I feel like we're praying in the name of Moses for righteous politicians and the end to evil and all these things. And it's right. like, those are legitimate cries of our heart, but they're not in the name of Jesus.
1: Uh huh.
0: And what is unique about Jesus is, uh, I'm going to make this claim and we can discuss it, right? Uh, I'm not sure where you're either intellectually or emotionally in this, is that What's unique about Jesus is his vulnerability, is God being vulnerable. So both on the Christmas end of God becoming physically present among us, sharing our sorrows, our grief, hunger, thirst, etc., and then ultimately Jesus on the cross, you know, uh, allowing sinful men to destroy him, and that that vulnerability. Uh, the physical vulnerability, and then also the emotional vulnerability as he goes through things with the disciples, is uh, the extraordinary thing about Jesus is that he conquered through vulnerability, as opposed to Moses who conquered through force and, you know, literally killing people. Uh, Right. And that is the thing that unlocks this extraordinary joy is tapping into that name. So that's kind of the thesis I wanted to try to wrestle with, with you to see if I can get your left brain to at least acknowledge it or reach some mutual understanding around it so that we can figure out the right way to engage
1: the right brain.
0: If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, okay. Um So uh, so you're contrasting, well, most of what we experience as Christianity is uh, another friend called it sin management, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to do the right thing in accordance with uh, what you refer to as the law of Moses. Um, Or worse, trying to get
0: other people to do the right thing. (laughs)
1: Well, but even even if we're focusing on ourselves, the right mm. thing, according to what we understand, Jesus wants from the scripture, um, which is can become another form of law, even though not rooted in mm. what Moses, said, but it par- may parallel that. Where I think you're contrasting the emotional attachment, and then he used the term vulnerability um, that Jesus uh, gave even though he knew what was in the heart of man and didn't trust himself to them, he still allowed himself or or embraced fully uh, emotional attachment to broken, fallen creatures who denied him three times and all the rest. Um, Am I tracking somewhat with
0: you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely um, moving in that direction. Uh, Okay you know and that the and 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 that you know and and when i hear that right i feel this like extraordinary joy both at uh the the thought and at the um the hope that we are drawing cultures to this together
1: uh, so it, are you, uh, you're saying that my articulating that Triggers joy. Yes. Is that way you're uh, right, okay.
0: and both the articulation and the fact that it's you are components of that joy.
1: Right. Okay.
0: You know, it's a fragile joy because I'm not sure if we're actually connecting or understanding. But even the possibility that we're getting close fills me with joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: And increases my emotional connection to you, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating is that I mean you mentioned how you were feeling a little bit of guilt or failure at at, at discovering that you're uh failing in this area. Did I hear you correctly? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah. Think, and, uh, there's an a detachment in me that uh is, you know, uh, what it is. <laughs> um uh, I guess it's just some form of self-preservation. Mm. Like that. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's profound, I think. And that really ties into that verse you were saying about, like, you know, you have to lose your, uh, you know, if you try to save your life, if you try to preserve yourself, right. it's at the cost of losing relationship. And you end uh-huh. up losing yourself because you can't know who you are apart from relationship. But yeah. if you give up that self-preservation in the right way, <laughs> right? right, for, for Christ, in, in the name of Christ, for his sake, you know, not uh-huh. for the sake of making other people happy, which is I think is where you got stuck in the past, right. right? If you lose your life for other people's sake, you're just lost.
1: But if you yeah. lose
0: yourself for Christ's sake, then you gain everything.
1: Uh-huh. All Right.
0: Yeah, and this picture, uh, I I, I think I I had this insight a few years ago, and practicing it is much harder, but the insight was still valuable, which is that Uh when I discovered that I sin, or that a problem I'm facing is a matter of sin, and specifically my sin, um, there's sometimes a grieving process involved, but the end result is that I get excited, because if Uh it's a matter of technique or resources, uh, or capacity that it is on me, and I have right. to figure this out, and I have to make this work. Um, but if it is a matter of sin, then it's like, okay, it's no longer difficult, it's simply impossible, and then I just right. have to uh, now it's God's problem, it's like, okay, God, this is a sin problem. this is not a intellectual problem, this is not a technical problem. this is a sin problem. It's like okay how do i release god's power in this area so that he can set me free of this and i get excited because it means i i both need to and get to discover a deeper connection to jesus than i've previously known
1: right okay
0: and like and that is the thing that makes me most excited is connecting to jesus because i feel this ecstatic union this cathartic release Like the thing that I was holding onto that I felt like I had to defend and protect because it was so important is precisely the thing that when I let go of it, um, I get to experience this ecstatic union with
1: Uh Jesus. Yeah. So my uh, experience, I think this is at an emotional level as we're talking about this, is uh, a sense of... Um, I'm call it, uh, maybe discouragement, but hey. I feel such deep conditioning in this area, protecting myself by not, um uh, attaching emotionally, that I, um, uh, may, maybe, maybe the step before the, what you described, um uh, I, I, uh, I maybe my first response is I feel like there's something I should do to change me, but I, if I do that, then I feel like I'm not being me because uh, what feels like me is the way I am accustomed to being. Mm. And so there's this mm. uh, sense of uh, I don't know how to do this in a way that isn't fake and artificial and it comes across as just making things worse as i've tried you know to beat and it isn't you know it's perceived as something other than uh what i want it to be perceived as probably because it's being perceived as what it is uh but in any case uh so that's my first reaction but as you described the uh recognizing this as sin and realizing that that's something that you can be delivered from, but you can't deliver yourself from, then uh, I I do, I, I see the potential for feeling that hope and, uh, and mm. Mm. but I, I don't think I'm feeling that yet.
0: That yeah, no, that, 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 that's exciting. I mean, and that's, that's kind of my goal is that like, at least we can, Uh, you know, get our left brains to see there is a possible way of being, and then we can create space, we got to work on that. I think that's a really powerful insight, right, is that when we see this thing, our sort of left brain executive function, our instinct, our conditioning, you know, very much Uh what it means to be civilized, is to, um, like, okay, how do I fix things? so that I act in this way, uh, so that other people like me, frankly, <laughs> or right. so I can feel good about myself.
1: Right.
0: And realizing that that instinct, which has served us incredibly well in many contexts, yeah. is precisely the thing that is killing us.
1: Right.
0: That is separating us from God, separating us from other people, and separating us from our true self or our integrated self. Mhm. And the hope that like this is why Christ died. This is why Christ yeah. had to die
1: mm-hmm. is
0: that he had to engage at a visceral level with humanity. Such a deep transformational level that mere words and mere laws could never touch. Right. And like this is what he had to do and he loved us enough to do it. And you know the the thing that uh, you know that that triggered joy in me was when you talked about this deep conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because I think that's a great way of framing it. This is not so much human nature as it is the human condition.
1: Right.
0: And we are deeply conditioned into it by culture and society and our families and the world of flesh and the devil. Right. But the deeper the conditioning, the deeper the redemption. And it's precisely uh-huh. because this is too deep, and you like you have no point of leverage to to dig underneath it because that point of leverage is yourself and the self that is that very that self, I guess they call it the false self in eastern traditions uh that false self is sort of the shovel you're using to dig with, and you can't dig <laughs> beneath the shovel right. uh, like that's the thing that that shovel is actually the wall the flagstone that Christ has to remove in order for the true you to be unleashed and released and reconciled and connected.
1: Yeah, so that gives me a direction to pray and to trust and to lean into Jesus, to uh, change this in me and invite him to show me what my part is in that if there's something that I can do or he wants me to do, but to uh, focus on him as the deliverer rather than me as trying to fix the thing.
0: Right, and like that 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 delivering you from you as opposed right. to delivering you from these circumstances. Right. Yeah, I'm curious, at one point, like a week or so ago, you had uh, expressed an openness or perhaps even an intent to do the letter writing thing
1: um it's a letter to my former self or to my yeah what is it yeah your child something like that yeah yeah um yeah i i missed all the other things going on i've not felt drawn to to do that i don't feel inspired for it i don't feel um a vision for what will it will lead me to i don't do that kind i i i i so, uh, I have all these reasons why I haven't gotten to it, but uh, um, I have it still in the back of my mind as something that uh, I'm open to doing at some point. Um, uh, just the days roll by with other priorities taking the lead. Right.
0: Yeah. But I mean, this is the um, right, given this mental framework.
1: Yeah. It is,
0: uh, you know, it implies that that is the expected response if that is the right thing to do. Because, like, precisely, this is not the kind of thing this false you would ever do. <laughs> now, it doesn't guarantee that it will work, right? But it definitely strongly, said, you know, I, I definitely would say this is the this is the kind of thing that does work, right? as opposed to the many many things that do not work.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, um,
0: yeah.
1: that, does that elevate it to the place of something I can do to deliver myself, or is it uh, no? I mean, it,
0: it is the the whole point is that like there is like the way that I understand Jesus saves us is.
1: Uh-huh. Oops, you're waking up. The, the way one I thing that... To... was the last I heard. Sorry.
0: Sorry, yeah. Uh, so the off. way that Jesus saved us is by delivering us from our self, from our false self. All right. Right? The self that we have to lose. And the one okay. thing that the self can do is the Romans 12.1, is to yield the self. And, okay. and that is the idea. I mean, I think that, is, that was always the original idea and perhaps even the effective part of spiritual discipline. A uh-huh. spiritual discipline is intended to be a thing where you give up yourselves to make room for Jesus. Right. Right? Now, all spiritual disciplines can become corrupted, right, as Paul said. Like, you know, they have the appearance of godliness, but actually don't do anything to, to control the pain on those levels.
1: So oh,
0: there's no – sorry. Still there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um... – Yes. Yeah. Uh, go back 20 seconds whatever oops now you're breaking can up can you hear
0: microphone. me now
1: yeah I there's some interference I heard I heard, I heard I heard can i hear you now yeah how
0: about now yeah yeah i can hear that right so i was saying that the point of spiritual discipline is to yield the self but they could all become right. sort of outward or even internal performances that they become a sham that don't actually, uh, you know, as Paul says, mortify the flesh. Uh, and so the um, so there's no universal thing, but uh, doing things that are different is at least increases the likelihood of finding something that breaks through the defense mechanisms.
1: Uh-huh so um i think what the next thing i want to do is to lean more into this in prayer over the next few days and if i if i sense i mean this being the emotional attachment and uh, recognizing my conditioning self-conditioning even uh, to avoid that um, to protect myself and as i'm looking to jesus to uh, invite uh confirmation about the letter to my former self which makes more sense now in light mm. of something that i want to deal with with my uh-huh. former self right Um, before i didn't really know what i was what i would try and address um, mm. because the was i think i'm okay uh in this i'm not sure where the problem is so i'm not sure what to tell my former self uh yeah to, um interesting uh well i don't know if it's uh, well i'll just mention this since past, past in my mind this morning part of what yeah. I, uh there's there's a 24 7 prayer um movement that has mm-hmm. uh, morning and evening five ten minute um meditation and uh yeah. this morning they went to augustine uh who said, it's not enough to have the right belief or the right action. We also must have the right desire.
0: Um,
1: mm. I, I'm, uh, somehow that feels connected to all this. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, that was something I read this morning, too, that really struck me. Uh, is this book on enemy mode uh, and brain science. Um, and one of the things they said is that it is only in the right brain that we develop character.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like we gain information you, in the left brain.
1: Did you call it enemy mode?
0: Enemy mode. The book is called Escaping Enemy Mode: How Our Brain's Relational Circuits Shut Down at Different Layers, and that uh-huh. keeps us from forming healthy, healthy attachments to people. So if you're in a crisis, you know it's easier to shut down your relational circuit to focus on the urgent problem. But it's dangerous uh, because then you stop uh, calculating the relational cost or even any cost to other people. And so right, the, the premise of the book is that if we it could reconnect, us, you know, this is what it means to love our enemies: is to actually not just have a intellectual disposition to them, but to actually have compassion where we feel their pain as our own. Right, and that, and so the, the punchline of this is, is that,
1: that, it yet. Yeah.
0: that, that character is really something formed in the right brain in how we relate. Uh-huh. Uh, the emotional experience of connecting to others, and as I was yeah. sharing in the chat, like I feel like most of my mistakes and most of the things that have undercut my marriage and my family is that I try to do the right thing from a position of emotional distance and self-protectiveness. And the only way out is to, and then then people don't understand either. So they'll say various concrete things they want me to do differently, like say it this way or perform these chores. But if I end up just performing those chores out of my false self, it doesn't create the emotional connection, which is what people are actually craving. And the only thing that actually would create the sense of emotional security for people to actually be able to be vulnerable enough to build trust.
1: It strikes me that this uh, pattern or behavior of acting even according to what we think is right without considering the emotional impact or cost is also characterized by Richard Swenson in his material on margin as the... Mm. Of being overly busy when we've squeezed all the margin out of our lives, then, as one quote I recall, is I've become the ugliest of all things, a busy man, um, or you know, something like that. And, yeah, uh, and I think, you know, I,
0: yeah, yeah, margin is a very useful spiritual discipline.
1: Right. And uh, right. busyness, understanding, uh, busyness is a compounding factor. I think that's certainly been true of my life of trying to accomplish everything Mm. like this is not uh uh not a biblical goal um it's uh anyway uh
0: yeah yeah but i mean like that it kind of makes sense right because like the executive function of our brain its job is to get things done even if we don't feel like it right you have to get up and go to school and you know wash your clothes things you don't feel like doing and so like the executive function has a really useful role but like most things it's a great servant but a horrible master uh, and yeah. busyness makes it easy for the executive function to, like, always stay in charge.
1: Right.
0: Like, you know, it's good to have a warlord if there's, like, an urgent crisis, um, but you don't want to have the warlord always in charge because then they end up manufacturing wars so they can stay in charge.
1: Right. Yeah. We yeah. manufacture yeah.
0: busyness. We manufacture laws. We manufacture crises to avoid facing right. No, the absence of it doesn't mean, you know, that's kind of the Western – a thing is to like be busy and rational and logical and productive. The Eastern thing is the opposite, is uh-huh. to just withdraw, like okay, it uh-huh. goes to return backwards to the one, to the unity, to the place of peace and contentment, and, and you know denying the illusion. And that's not healthy uh-huh. either.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. this is somewhat off topic, but it just came up this morning on a prayer group for um, India that uh mm. um, one of the people who has a thriving work going there noticed that uh, the people who are leading the thing are running themselves into the ground because they uh there's a cultural dynamic of the bishop or the leader who takes you know responsibility for everything, and there is yeah. uh, an effective discipleship uh, they were asking about are there discipleship tools? To help people learn healthy delegation from a biblical perspective, so I'll yeah. ask you that question. You know something in that area? Uh, you have some background with Indian culture, so you appreciate more than I do what the context. Might yeah, be and about. the thing is,
0: is, is and the, the crazy thing that I'm discovering in my own job with, uh, is that, like, there's like practical techniques of delegation,
1: mm-hmm. but like
0: the real issue is relationship and trust. Yeah. If you don't have relationships, if you don't feel that emotional investment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then nothing actually works. It's really just command and control by a different name.
1: Yeah. You create threats and
0: punishment, you know, right. reward, it becomes just rewards and punishment and manipulation.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and so Jesus uh, fell you the air the responsibility for the Great Commission, <laughs> Uh, he's given yeah. his, uh, quite a bit of authority.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and he is strong enough that he can absorb our uh, vulnerably absorb our brokenness and our failure in this process. Yeah. And not pull away and detach emotionally to protect himself. Like that is right. extraordinary to me. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing like when I realized how my deep conditioning has alienated and denied and even crucified Jesus. And then Uh I discover that his love is deeper than that. That's where this ecstatic union comes from. It's like, yes, like the worst things I can do increase the glory of his redemption. Uh And so I rejoice. Well, it's not that I don't feel the the shame and the grief and the sorrow, but it gets swallowed up with joy. Uh It's the pain of childbirth that leads to the joy of new life. Yeah all right near the end shall we pray
1: yeah it'd be great
0: God I just thank you that you love us so much and so deeply and that you are working a great redemption far beyond anything we could ask or imagine and in fact you've deliberately avoided giving us lesser victories that would obscure Uh, the greatness of your name and your redemption. I thank you for in a season where all the old names are falling away and that only the name of Jesus can save us and that the name of Jesus can save us and that you will be glorified. You will restore our hearts, our marriages, our families, uh, our nation, and our world if we make sense, if we yield ourselves to you. If we give up our false selves, we can receive our true names that only you know. I just thank you for Robbie and his partnership, his willingness to listen and wrestle with these issues and his hunger, his deep, deep hunger for you underneath all these layers. And I pray that you would just help bring that him in the paths that lead to life for him and his family. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Jesus, that we can uh love you with our heart soul, mind and strength and power of your spirit, even if we can't uh, muster that up or manage it in ourselves, we can uh, through your redemption, through your spirit's work in our lives, through you living in and through us and living in this that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. And uh uh Jesus, I just give myself to you in this brokenness uh, that I'm experiencing yield myself. It um, and uh, just invite you to work in my household and in and glory. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, yeah, one thought that came as we were praying, but, uh another, I'm going uh, through that. John um, kind of has resilience each month, and we're in the last module at the end of the month on. Um, and exchange everything that we have in our for Jesus as our greatest treasure. So, um, He is the great treasure, um, and I'm not quite sure how that. But, uh, like that.
0: No, I think that's that's, that's very much it. Right? That that the self um, increases by the things that we control you know and a lot of our behavior you know even religious behavior perhaps especially religious behavior is about increasing our control over things by better information better technique more resources etc and when we realize that actually the greatest treasure is to just know jesus and be known by jesus and draw closer to him and become like him then we rejoice when those other things fall away, so we can see him more clearly.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, oh, amen.
0: Uh, uh, last, yeah.
1: I look forward to recording.
0: Okay, yeah. are you comfortable with me sharing this publicly or just privately with you? What are you? Yeah, no, I,
1: I think that's fine. It's
0: okay. All right, yeah. great. Talk to you soon. Right. God
1: uh, bless you. That's Bye. Bye.